You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined, as always, by Perry Goldstein. And this week... As we teased, we did make it happen. We have a very special guest, one of our favorite people in the Packers sphere. You know him from Cheesehead TV and a, a ton of other places, but it's it's Aaron Agler. Aaron, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be on Packs What She Said. Look at this juggernaut podcast <laughs> taking on the Packers blogosphere. I love it. I love it. So happy to be here. Oh, we're so happy to have you. It's been too long. Been yeah. too long. Yeah, we got to make this a regular thing. I'm down um, with that. I'm down with that. We wanted to have you on because you just got back from Indianapolis. I did. Um, I saw your, you know, have to must post New York City skyline whenever you return to New York, just like oh, a true New Yorker yeah, must. Got to do it. Yeah, gotta you got to do it. it. Um, relatable. I was like, oh, he's back. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> gotta let the people know that you're back in New York. I am but back on New York. You were in Indy for the combine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so. Neither Maggie or Maggie, you've never been, right? To no. no. So neither of us have been, and I'm sure a lot of people listening haven't either. So, like, before we dive into players, etc., like, can you just like give everybody listening like lay of the land, like what's the combine like, like days, schedule, vibe? I hear right. it's like a lot of socializing, a lot of like yeah. you know, like off camera stuff. Yeah. So, right. right. I will say, I think. It's interesting because it really depends on what you're there for. I, I There's zero question that the most valuable networking stuff happens late at night in the bars and in the restaurants and what have you. And some of that is kind of predetermined as far as, hey, you want to grab a, a beer, you want to grab a, a you want to have dinner together because that happens. I had a dinner with a couple of agents and uh, you definitely, you know, meet people or run into people. There's lots of people I know in the business that I see out and um, people who work for the Packers or other teams from back in my days when I was a Sports Illustrator or a Bleacher Report and covering the league, you, you end up knowing a lot of people, right? So you do kind of get into a rhythm and a groove where during the day, yes, you're, and they've changed it over the years, but now for the last few years, last number of years, it's been, you know, during the day you are in the convention center. It used to be you were in Lucas Oil, but now you're in the convention center all day and they have two separate spots. One is a humongous ballroom where they have tons of tables set up for basically the print media. 
it's lots of people who work for newspapers or websites who only need to write. Um, and it's very quiet in there. Uh, and then there's another section where they host all the interviews for all the prospects, all the coaches, GMs. And alongside that, they have kind of a mini radio row, which has actually grown quite a bit over the last kind of 10 years or so, um, very much like they have at the Super Bowl. And that's kind of telling, right? That's the whole point of the combine now from the NFL's perspective, because look, the, the, I understand lots of people kind of poo poo or dismiss or scoff at the combine and the event of it, right. And the television programming of it, because that is what the NFL wants. It wants a tentpole event in the middle of the off season that isn't obviously it's not going to be as big as the draft, but it certainly drives eyeballs and it certainly drives interest. And the more of that, the better. They have the shortest, or I'm sorry, the longest offseason of any major sport. They yeah. want their their kind of brand in the headlines as much as possible. And the combine allows them to do that. Uh, but on the ground, when you're there covering it, it is really easy to kind of remember that, look, the teams are there to kind of fill out a spreadsheet, right? It's information gathering. You know, all that athletic testing, the 40s, the three-cone drill, all of it is just, you know, putting information in a box. That's all they're doing. Um, the big part of it is what you're you know, talking about there, the networking, getting the scuttlebutt, getting kind of like who's doing what. And you hear from teams and you hear from players and agents and what have you. Uh, and it all kind of gets thrown into the mix where I think we've already seen coming out of it. You do get some headlines kind of head scratching like, oh, this is what I'm hearing in Indy. OK, but who did you hear it from? Yeah, uh, I think any right. kind of any of that rumor mongering that you hear coming out of Indy, you do have to take with a grain of salt. But on the flip side, when you start next week where they have the you know negotiating window that opens up on Monday and inevitably we see deals signed the moment that happens, like I think it's at noon. Right. And then at 1201, so and so has agreed with the Colts on a four year deal. Well, I guarantee you that conversation began during the combine in those bars, in those restaurants, between agents and personnel people. So it's just a great kind of vibe for a week for the NFL world. Some of it's more important than others, but uh, there's no doubt that it is important on the NFL landscape. That's, so you're saying that Tom Brady actually is unretiring and playing with the Miami Dolphins? That's one of those <laughs> that I would say put a grain of salt next to it. That is all, right, all I'm checking. saying. That's all, all right. I'm saying. Yeah. Nice one, Meg. I have so many questions. It's just such an interesting event to me because you're right. There is like what the fans get, which is yeah. like you turn it on and you get to watch and you're scrolling through Twitter and you get all these like highlight reels of like players who run a really fast 40 or like that tight end who had that crazy catch that I can't remember his name at the moment. Darnell Washington. And, thank Washington, you, Darnell yeah. Washington. That was and like art. Like, the still of that. It was crazy. Was it, yeah. And it's fun because it's been like this drought since the Super Bowl and even longer for fans who didn't have playoff football. <laughs> of like, oh, my God, football activities. This is so exciting. But like at the same time, like this is kind of a, just a business like status quo. Oh, it's a business event. meeting. Absolutely. Yeah. And so you get like, you know, Goot has to go up there and give his presser. And he's probably dreading it because he knows exactly what kind of questions he's going to get. And <laughs> right. Um, and all that. So it's interesting to hear that there's, I like that there's like a little radio row and it's growing. It sounds like the, NFL's Oh like yeah. I, mean, it was, kind of yeah. I want to say it was kind of non-existent even five years ago. I mean, there were, yeah. it was very minimal, like a few tables. And now it is, it is very much like radio. Obviously it's nowhere near as big as the Super Bowl, but there are all, lots of the teams 
have their kind of digital people there. Tons of radio stations set up there for the week. And I'm telling you, Amanda, I wish the Packers would do it. That'd be great. But yeah, um, yeah it, it's a growing, burgeoning kind of scene. Because, look, I think you've hit it, the nail on the head. It is a bit of a drought, right? You've gone, what, 19 weeks, 20 weeks in a row with football, maybe even more. Uh, and then all of a sudden there's nothing. And I know the XFL is kicking off and whatever, but as far as NFL football, you've got nothing. It's like going through withdrawals and then suddenly, <laughs> bang, there it is. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. We're getting ready for the draft. It's In that aspect, it's great. Perfect. Do do coaches and I'm I'm I did see I don't know if this was just Packers specific but it seemed like it was more you know league wide that less and less coaches are going because they just get the tape and so it's yeah. like going like because the interviews you want to meet with these players in person right now COVID's over you don't do Zoom interviews anymore like you get to go and have those interviews and the players now have to like speak to the media. But like everything else, like Matt can just get the film and he doesn't really need to be there. Was that like as prevalent or is that just a Packer thing? It's been coming for a while now. That's been it's funny because there's a clip of me asking Goody about it last year because Sean McVay had stayed away last season. And that was after a few other staffs had stayed away. And I said, like, do you value what Matt does here? And, you know, Brian gave his best, you know, kind of, I don't want to say BS answer, but he did say, oh, we really value what they do here. Now you fast forward to this season and it's like, oh, Matt and his staff are staying home. I do get it. I think there's a lot more value in whatever they're doing kind of scheme wise, right? Uh, Self-scouting wise at 1265 Lombardi rather than I understand that it's it is valuable for these guys to get some face to face time with these prospects, but ultimately they're not the ones making the decisions. The personnel group are the people that are putting together the draft board and making the call Goody essentially making the call to draft these kids. And it's like, great. I hope you had a nice time. I hope you had a nice connection with the kid, but ultimately regardless of whatever your personal feelings are about the guy as a coach, you're going to have to coach whoever they draft. Whoever they pick, yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. and there's still a little bit of it. Goody mentioned when we talked to him that, there's still Zoom interviews and some of the uh, kind of 45 uh, official visits, et cetera. And the staff, the coaching staff will be involved with some of that. But, you know, traditionally in the past, the coaches had been down on the field during some of the informal stuff prior to the warmups and uh, sorry, the workouts. And now, you know, the area scouts and some of the lower end personnel people are doing those. The staff will still have an opportunity a little bit, but ultimately, Really, outside of the face-to-face stuff, do the coaches have – is there any benefit in them sitting there at Lucas Oil Stadium watching these guys run the 40, do a three-cone drill, watch a quarterback throw, whatever? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. a, it's a week of these guys being away from the facility and being in those bars and restaurants I was talking about and really not doing much else. And they're not yeah. – and they're being kind of put behind on the projects they want to do or need to do back of the facility so yeah. uh, like i said i it, it felt days. like it was headed this way for a while yeah they still get pro days right like they can pick and choose kind of like okay these guys we want to go Very like i'm so. sure like there'll be more staff at like georgia's pro day and i like- will say i will say the one i'll i'll ex- my expectation is that we'll probably because like you said perry like it's kind of seems to be headed this way league-wide as more and more teams do this i think the nfl will mandate that the head coaches show up because it is a tel- it is a television show, you know, yeah. and GMs aren't on camera on the sideline week after week. You no. know what I mean? Those coaches, those head coaches, 
they're they're television stars. They are TV facing guys who, for better or worse, they're the face of your franchise. They're the face of your team, and to not have those guys in those sessions answering those questions, just quote being on the television for NFL Network and others, that I don't think the league like the league will like that as it kind of expands. Yeah. So I expect they'll make the head coaches show up. I'm sure Matt will love that. He yeah, loves he'll, being he'll, the face of the really, franchise. He'll really he loves that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and they'll still do the in-person, like where the guys go up to to visit at the stadium, yep. right? They invite Absolutely. players up. So there's plenty 100%. of time. But yeah, it is it is a little bit. And it's funny you're saying that. I'm like thinking about like reality TV. Like producers of reality TV shows are like, but we have to get them all in a room. A hundred percent. Like stuff is going to happen when we get them all in a room. It's a television <laughs> show. I'm telling you, that's a big part of it. That is that is a bigger and bigger driver, and that's the reason why it sucks. But next year is the last year that Indy is contracted to have the combine. They're going to start moving it, and I have zero doubt it's going to be that. in LA, and then eventually it. it'll go to other places because they've had such success with that with the draft. And I don't think it'll be as big as the draft, but if you're getting 250,000 people in Philadelphia for the draft, you'll get a decent sized crowd for wherever the combine ends up. Because you see Mark Murphy hosting the combine at the Rush Center, and like that's <laughs> having to have like the media come. I tell you what, there'd that. probably be a better chance of Green Bay getting the combine than there is of them getting the draft at this point, just yeah, because the draft like is so huge. Right? Yeah, maybe it's like, look, we can do this. Maybe if we can prove we can do this, then maybe we. Can then get the maybe draft. that leads to them getting the draft. I would hope so, and I know they really want the draft, and they thought wow. they were close a couple of times, but the bigger that event gets, the harder it's going to be for the Packers to sell the league on it. They got to get some more uh, housing up there. A lot of hotels. A lot of hotels. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Mag, any any questions on your end? Yeah, so I was just going to ask before we dive into like players and position groups, you know, at the Combine Obviously, we have no news on Aaron Rodgers. We don't know what's going on with that. You know, the darkness retreat didn't yield any answers for us at this point. We're still um, in the dark. But d- <laughs> that was clever. Good job, Perry. Thanks. Um, but, <laughs> but do you think the draft strategy at all changes? You know, and let's not even count picks in this. Whoever right. is the quarterback, Rodgers or Love, or you know, maybe they draft someone in the top 15, does the draft strategy look different depending on who's throwing the football in Green Bay? It's interesting because I, you want to say no, right? Because the idea being that you want to build the best team possible, collect the best players, regardless of who the quarterback is. I will say, though, I do think it changes a little bit if Jordan is your quarterback, simply because that means that Aaron has been traded, right? And because of that trade, your ability to go get guys in free agency is de- not deeply, but significantly yeah. hampered. Yeah. You know, the the cap hit from trading Rodgers is significant and really lessens your ability to work in free agency. So I would suspect, and I don't know if it like 
uh, you know, if it pushes, maybe it, it, it kind of manifests itself most likely if there are two guys with similar grades. I think you're going with a guy who's played a lot and who can maybe hopefully hit the ground running a, a little bit more than some smaller school prospect or a guy who doesn't have a ton of production. You probably go with the guy who can help you right away simply because you're going to have to help your young quarterback. And that's yeah. the, like, I think that's the one yeah. area where it may make a difference. But ultimately, I would suspect the way the Packers view the draft, it's a long-term investment. They don't want to be too reactionary in right. the sense of, okay, we've got to draft this because we've got this young guy at QB and you know that domino falls. And I just don't think they're going to look at it that way. But I do yeah. think, like I said, it could be a potential tiebreaker if they have similar grades on guys. I feel like they really do like best player available. Like they yeah. really, really stick to that. So I agree. They try. I mean, sometimes it's, you know, yeah. it's always like, best player available at a position of need, right? But I, I mean, we do all... agree with you that like from a developmental standpoint, like could I see if Jordan's under center? But I even feel like this way with Rodgers, right? If they're going all in, they want their guys right now to contribute immediately. So they're not going to go with a Rashawn Gary type edge rusher who needs two seasons to go. You know, they're going to go with right, a guy right. who's like ready to go. It's kind of how I feel too, but I actually don't know if I feel like that changes because you're either all in and like, this is the last season that you're trying to get to the Super Bowl with this man, right. or you have the new guy and you need support for him. I think, I think there's something too, though, to be said, like even, you know, whatever happens with your draft strategy, like, Yes, Aaron Rodgers has always said that people come to Green Bay to play with him. But if Aaron Rodgers leaves, are, like, look at Bud Dupree. <laughs> like, are there free agents now right. that are going to say, like, yes, let me go to a Packers team that has this completely unproven commodity at quarterback. And they're looking at, you know, a, a rebuild. Whereas if That's Aaron Rodgers a is really here, good point. That's you're like, really hey, maybe this is the year they go all in and we can come play with Aaron Rodgers for a year and then just continuously kick the can down the road like what does that do to your free agency yeah if is it's already guy? not exactly the destination <laughs> what? And like money no, what are you talking about sorry like money talks right but the packers don't really have much of that either so, well that's the thing that's what i mean Rogers, like, like in the sense that if aaron is there they have a little bit more to play with yeah but has you know aaron I mean? really so been a whole like come on has aaron no. really been what's a so pole? funny is like who are the two big names that have come while he's there like specifically cited him in their like introductory Martellus press conference bennett and jimmy graham Martellus bennett and jimmy graham both yeah, of who flamed so... out or were less than inspiring yes correct yeah, I would really love, I mean, not to divert too much away from the combine, but like I personally would just like to see the Packers get younger. So if they're going to go after free agents, like I'm not looking, I'd, I'd be a little disappointed if they're, if like they sign Allen Robinson, like I'm just like, we're going to do this again. Like we're going to yeah. do the same thing again. The thing right? is, it's all, it's all cost though, right? Like, of course you'd love someone younger, but if you can get someone on the cheap, and so yeah, he's played in the league. You need a veteran, or they want a veteran. They've said that, right? So it's funny because I put that out there today. My yes, no, maybe. And Allen Robinson was a maybe. And it's like, well, yeah, no, I don't think they're going to spend big money on the guy. And yeah, does he look washed a little bit? But if he's cheap labor and his guy who's played in the league and a guy, by the way, who they've had interest in before. Yeah. Remember, yeah, yeah. it came down to the Packers and the Bears, and he chose the Bears. So it's, there's decision. history there, you know. What a very weird decision. I'll take I'll take Robert Woods if we're gonna talk about. Uh... I'm down with that too. That's another maybe, a hundred percent. But again, it comes <laughs> down it comes down to the the price. It comes yeah. down to can they 
work some because everyone like is so funny because everyone's like kills the Sammy Watkins signing for good reason. He flamed out. He wasn't he, pretty much what you expected. He couldn't stay healthy, etc. But man, they got him for peanuts. Yeah, yeah. So of course that you know that signing made sense. I get it. It was the lowest risk. Like it's, it's literally... not like they've got much more to play with this offseason. Yeah. So before we go into the prospects, mm-hmm. like. You're out there, you're hearing things, you're in the bars, I assume. Like anything, any like rumors or news that you got at the combine, any either it's been already like put out there into the Twitterverse or not that you like, not the stuff that you take with a grain of salt, the stuff that you're like, mm, right, this right. might have like legs to it. Nothing substantial. Uh, you know, a, a lot of people guessing about Aaron's future. But that's it's all guessing. I'm sure it's a lot of guesswork. And like to Aaron's point, you know, if you're not in the inner circle, you don't know. Like, I, it's funny because I talked to someone from Athletes First. That's Aaron's agency. And even in the building, they're like, we have no idea. Like, I'm yeah. sure like David Dunn has an idea, but that's about it. You know, so there was a lot of that. Twenty four hundred sports is an Odyssey company. 